summertime is heating up at Global Voice Broadcasting. Hot music, hot talk, and hot topics. All day, every day, 24-7. You don't want to miss a minute on Global Voice Broadcasting. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. More people more identify people. as bisexual than any other orientation within the LGBT community. And get this, research shows that bisexual folks report higher levels of physical and mental disparities, sexual and domestic violence, and poverty than people who identify as gay or lesbian. Wow. I admittedly was surprised to learn this. And once I did, I knew I had to explore it and related issues here on Girl Boner. And today happens to be Bi-Visibility Day and uh, part of Bi-Week, which is so exciting. Uh, welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I am thrilled to have my friend and brilliant writer, Emmy Mears, joining me today to discuss bisexuality and also fluid sexuality. You can tell she's a writer partly by her awesome bio get this emmy is an author actor and person of fanish pursuits born in texas the lone star state quickly spit her out after a measly three months and over eight states and three different countries emmy became a proper vagabond she speaks four languages holds a degree in history and writes science fiction and fantasy uh, she's the head of a pride of cats in the suburbs of D.C., and she's pretty sure at least one of them thinks she's its mother. Slightly obsessed with Buffy and Supernatural, Emmy haunts the convention circuits and joins in when she can on panels and general tomfoolery. She's the author of Shrike, The Masked Songbird, and Storm in a Teacup. And she says she's open to bribery in the form of sushi and bubble tea. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining me, Emmy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I've been really looking forward to this. Uh, I think you were actually the person who brought light for me to uh, these these risks and challenges that people in the bisexual um, community face, which I'm so, so grateful for. Uh, before we dive into our main topics, though, you have had some really awesome news lately, including very recently, just a, a few days ago, you announced it. Could you share with everybody what's happening in your writing career? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> First of all, like to give us a little bit of context, last year was was just a really rough year for me in every possible way. I um, got separated and I'm now divorced. I almost lost my car, my home. Like I had a bunch of book deals that all fell through and it was just one thing after another. And this year has has been this massive turnaround for me. I ended up uh, um, publishing the books that had been picked up last year and had gotten orphaned and um, they immediately started like selling really, really well, which has been awesome. And as a result, my fabulous agent, Sarah Megabo, 
um, was able to sell audio rights to the first three um, books in my Ayala Storm series this year. And last week we were able to announce that the amazingly talented Amber Benson, who played Tara on Buffy, she's also an author, <laughs> a director, producer. She does everything. She's like just a brilliant human. Um, she's going to be bringing Ayala Storm to life um, and recording the audiobooks. So those will all be out on December 1st with the third Storm book called Taken by Storm. And I, I'm like, I'm still just completely in awe of this because I have, I like, Tara and Willow's relationship was so fundamental for me. And like, honestly, Tara was my first on-screen woman crush. And I like to have Amber bringing one of my characters to life is just this massive, like, I don't need, like, um, words for it. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, so <excited>. oh. <laughs> Congratulations. I swear my my chills have chills listening to you and all of this couldn't happen to a lovelier person. I'm just so, so thrilled for you. It sounds very meant to be. And uh, I hope everyone will check out your are your books available on Amazon? Um, all the like basic sellers, the most common sellers. Um, the ebooks are only available through Amazon at the moment, um, but um, you can get paperbacks through Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, and I think other outlets as well. And then the audiobooks are going to be put out by Audible, which is really awesome. They do such a fantastic job. So awesome! Yay! And I will make sure to share those links with the show notes so everybody out there can can check them out. Uh, so onto our our topic of bisexuality. Um, <clears throat> when did you first realize that you identify as bisexual? Oh boy. So I'm, I'm 30, about to turn 31 and I only came out last year. Um, I, I was raised by two moms and my, my mother is bisexual. Um, and I was raised in the gay community, um, and was really, really, I've always really strongly identified with it, but I didn't, allow myself to explore that part of my identity until relatively recently. I, when I was five, I remember I, or maybe even younger than that, I had a little friend named Sunny and I asked my mom, I, I thought Sunny was just so, so pretty and I totally had a crush on her. And I asked my mom if I could marry her and my mom was like, oh, you can marry whoever you want. And it's funny because looking back, like I was, like that's, a, obviously I had attractions to girls at an early age, but as I got older, I, I experienced a lot of homophobia by proxy, like growing up in of in the 90s, especially like the early 90s, where AIDS was still this huge, huge, huge thing. And I had, you know, kids who weren't allowed to come over to my house and um, whose parents wouldn't let them play with me. I had kids tell me they thought it was sad. I had people come up to me on the like bus and be like, oh, I heard your mom's a dyke and stuff like that. And that really shaped a lot of my experience. And I was really like, it was scary in a lot of ways. And, um, when my mother ended up marrying a man, when I was 15, she lost all of her gay friends and was kind of treated like a traitor. And she had, she had exclusively dated women since I was a toddler. And, um, That, I think, was one of the really big things that I knew I was attracted to men. So I just kind of went with it. Yeah. But it so I I really didn't I didn't come out until last year. And it was like after my separation. And it was one of those things that it's just felt so good to be able to to feel at home in my own skin, to recognize that part of myself and not 
shunted off into a corner anymore. Oh, for sure. I can, I can only imagine, you know, anytime we are, you know, living more authentically. And one thing that really struck me was that you were raised by women who gave you an example of, and even telling you, you can love and marry whoever you want and that no one is immune to uh, homophobia or any kind of, you know, discrimination when there's so many other influences. That's, that's really, really powerful. Did you uh, tell uh, any of your parents or your mom about um, coming out as bisexual right away? Or was that something you sort of had to claim for yourself first for a while? Um, I, I pretty much had to claim it for myself first. Um, I, I came out to my, I'm still close with, um, with my mom's longest partner. And I saw her last fall and, and talked to her about it. And um, she I was so supportive. She's married now to her, her long-term partner, who's amazing. I'm so happy for them. And, um, and I told my mom as well. And, but it, it took a little while because I was trying to kind of get my, my feet under me. Cause I was, I was thinking about a lot about gender and, and sort of binaries in that scope of things. And oftentimes feeling disconnected from a lot of the binary gender stuff as well. Um, so it kind of, my brain was going through a lot of, a lot of, self-reflection for a long period and I didn't really do a big coming out thing at all I just sort of started mentioning it in passing and figured people would get the point (laughs) yeah that's actually excuse me that's actually what I you know I I remember you mentioning a couple of things maybe a post here there on online and um and it occurred to me that you know I think I just sort of we just sort of gradually and everyone just accepts that as you know your friends accept that about you and it doesn't change anything, you know, as far as uh, we just are all happy when our friends are are living happily and, and authentically. And I think that's wonderful. And you've been vocal about, um, you know, this Awareness Week and this Awareness Day, which are really important, especially considering those risks that I mentioned earlier. And I feel very naive asking this question, but I honestly don't really know the answer. I have some kind of guesses, but I had no idea that people who are bisexual are at higher risk for all of these issues, these um, poor health outcomes, STDs, abuse, poverty. Could you speak to that? Where Because I remember you saying something along the lines of, I'm not surprised by this or something. There was an article and I my thought was, wow, I'm surprised. So where does that, why does that happen? Um, I think it's because um, bi people or anyone who's outside of that binary categorization, uh, whether it's gender or sexuality, um, really kind of gets hit from every side. Like I, like I said, my, my mom lost all of her, all of her gay friends when she married a man after dating exclusively women for a very long time. And I was more afraid to come up to some of my queer friends than I was to my straight friends, um, which is a weird thing, but it's, there's, it's really rampant in, in the gay community. And I think I I had a long talk with a friend of mine who's also bisexual one day and we were kind of discussing why that might be. And I think part of it is, is because this, this concept of passing, which I'm not a huge fan of the concept anyway, but like a bi person could like potentially have a fulfilling lifelong relationship with someone and never have to come out. But if you're, if you're gay or, or lesbian, you have to come out if you want to be yourself, like if you want to be in, in public with your partner. And I think that there's maybe that's part of it, but also it's, you know, from the, the sort of heteronormative side of things like by women are incredibly fetishized and 
and really sexualized and treated like we're, we're greedy or, I mean, I like on OkCupid and stuff like that, I like get messages from couples all the time being like, oh, you like both men and women. So you want to bang both of us, right? Like, and, and that whole idea that bi people are greedy and just can't make up their minds and that we want everyone at once. And that's a strange thing. And like, I, I think that that leads to a lot of kind of internalized oppression for bi people that we sort of take it in and it sort of keeps us from being authentic and also sometimes keeps us from from seeking the kind of services that we need, whether it's health related or I mean, one thing I've always been really, really on top of my sexual health and I've always um, gotten tested regularly. You know, I've never had an STI or anything like that. And I've been really careful with protection and everything like that. But I think a lot of people, like the more isolated you feel, the less likely you are to reach out to anyone, whether it's a healthcare professional or a friend or a family member or something, especially if you're hearing negative things from other people, it kind of establishes those spaces as unsafe. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was so uh, insightful. And I feel like I've already learned so much from you. I, I'd wondered about this over-sexualization type idea and also uh, the self-care idea. Uh, I was really struck what you said about basically internalizing all this. When we have shame around our sexuality, which we talk so much about around here, I know that shame around any any kind of sexuality, whether it's our, our orientation or simply being sexual people, you know, talking about sex, desiring sex, so many women, you know, completely cut off uh, or separate from their their emotional self and who they are and their sexuality. And and that, you know, causes so many problems. So now I can really see how that could, you know, go into more depression, anxiety, all these kinds of issues that, uh, you know, we're all kind of prone to, but especially women. And now I'm learning, especially people who, who do identify as bi. Could you address uh, fluid sexuality and kind of what the difference is because I feel like one of the myths that I've I've heard people say that um, you know fluid sexuality just kind of means you're bisexual you know that, that they're sort of synonyms uh, which as I understand it is not the case so how would you differentiate between bisexual and fluid sexuality I think I think a lot I think in a lot of ways our, our language is really lacking in this discussion and I've had this conversation with a lot of my trans friends as well as just like trying to find the words to to differentiate these things it can be really difficult and we lack some terminology um, I I generally self-identify to people as bisexual because it's for the sake of brevity it's more immediately understandable to people especially if I don't have 20 minutes to explain things but I think when it comes to sexual fluidity it is I, I equate that a little bit more with like pansexuality where you're interested in, in a person and connecting with a person and it doesn't, not that it doesn't matter what their gender identity is because everyone's gender identity matters, but that you're attracted to anyone that it could, you could find that like fulfilling love with anyone regardless of their um, gender identity or expression. Um, and that you're able, you know, that your sexuality is not, something that fits necessarily into an easy box. And I, I talk a lot about binaries and stuff with my friends and um, because there's a lot of really, really, really deep conversations to get into with that, especially when you're talking about trans identity and what's masculine, what's feminine, like what does this mean? All of these different questions. And um, so I think when it comes to like sexual fluidity, um, for me, it's kind of the freedom to 
to love who I love and whoever that might be. And gender identity comes is kind of secondary to that. Like if I fall in love with a person, I fall in love with that person. And I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you've got the wrong equipment between your legs. So yeah, (laughs) no, that was that was really, really well put because I think it can get really complex and you know it's our our gender and our sexuality none of that we like to or i guess our culture tries to put it in these like you said boxes this sort of black and white two polar opposites like you're either man or woman you're gay or straight uh so that that was really helpful i think a lot of people get uh, quite a bit from that Um, i wanted to share a question that uh, was presented to me that i passed on to our current resident expert dr megan fleming uh from a listener who is uh dating someone who's bi and i'll share dr megan's response and then i'd love to hear what what you have to say about um, this whole issue, Emmy. So here's what Shay wrote. I recently started dating a great guy who I'm crazy about. He told me early on that he's bisexual, and I'm cool with that, or at least I thought I was. I can't help but feel a bit awkward and insecure at times, wondering if he'd rather be with a guy or if I'll be enough for him sexually. I feel terrible even asking that, but realize that this is something I need to work through if we're going to stay together for the long term. Any suggestions, Shay? Shay, I love your question. Thank you so much for asking it. Here's what Dr. Megan had to say. Shay, thanks. It's a great question. And I realize as I say that, I'd probably say that to almost all, if not all, my questions. But I think that it's so true because you all have the courage to ask questions that so many people are asking and have in their own hearts and minds and don't always have the courage to bring forth. So you're asking this gives an opportunity for others to feel A, not only not alone, but B, to recognize some actual practical things that they might be able to do for themselves. So what I would say here is that your boyfriend felt comfortable enough to be honest with you and let him know and let you know about his sexuality, being bisexual. And it's awesome that you're cool with that. You know, and it's interesting when you're kind of feeling a little bit awkward and secure at times, wondering if he might be interested in a guy more than you. And it's the reason I say it's interesting is because it really doesn't matter on some level about gender. It's the idea of other that can feel threatening to us in relationships. And so, you know, Marilyn Diamond wrote a great book called Sexual Fluidity. And I think for some people, uh, they, it's, it's not about gender. It's almost like they're blind to gender. They fall in love with who they fall in love with, that chemistry, that attraction, what's unique to that individual. And so as I say that, I think the part that you need to check out with your boyfriend is what does he mean by saying he's bisexual? Does he mean it in this kind of sexual fluidity way where he at different times has been uh, in relationship with a man or a woman? Or does he mean it in a more polyamorous, non-monogamy way, which is he enjoys having sex with uh, both genders, because to me, if you're feeling in any way insecure about the relationship or being enough for him, it's whether or not he's somebody who does commit when he's sexually attracted to someone to that person and that relationship. And what I was alluding to earlier is that this comes up in any relationship if your partner isn't helping you to feel secure, um, because 
you know, I, I work with couples a lot where maybe there's an affair and if there's an affair and they have it with somebody who's of the opposite gender, it's interesting for, for a lot of men or women, it's almost a relief because they sort of feel like, well, they were choosing something other than me and they didn't feel in competition with it uh, or with this other person because they feel like, you know what, no matter who I am, I can't compete or be that other gender. Um, and I think you're feeling that sort of on the, the flip side. And the really important part to get into, be frank and open and discuss with your boyfriend is help me understand more what it means to you to be bisexual and whether or not it's in line with a sexual fluidity idea and at different points in times he's been with men or women, or is it really about understanding if you're negotiating um, in a given relationship, having more than one sexual partner? Ultimately, it's the frankness of our conversations and the ability to be candid with one another that we can ideally help each other feel understood and secure in whatever sort of decision that you both make and feel is a good fit for your relationship. So I think it's just to normalize the feelings you're having and help you to vocalize them so that your boyfriend can give you a sense of where you both are in this relationship and what would help you each feel the sense of security and commitment that would help you let go of any concern about uh, who sexually your partner has historically been attracted to. Thanks so much, Dr. Megan, once again. So insightful. I love that whole idea of of other being the threatening thing. Uh, Emmy, what did you think about uh, the question and also kind of Dr. Megan's response? Is there anything that you would add? The question is something I, you know, I think that, I think that what you just said a second ago about the the other idea, um, that is something that is is really huge because I, th- I think for a lot of people, you're used to dating someone who is only interested in one gender. And so it seems like if they're potentially interested in both genders, that that just like doubles the chances of cheating or something like that. But I think that I think that it's that kind of ties into one of the really big aspects of of biphobia is that like that that bi people are going to just have sex with everyone that we're greedy and that we are attracted to every single person and that's that's really not how it works like if you're heterosexual you're not attracted to every single person of the opposite gender like you're not going to walk down the street and want to have sex with every single woman you pass if you're a man. You're not going to ha- want to have sex with every single man you pass if you're a woman and you're straight. Um, but And so I think that I think that it can be kind of a, a, a shift for people to go from one mindset to another. And I, you know, I, I can understand how that's, it's scary. I mean, it's a new idea, but the, the biggest thing in, in any relationship that I will just like toot this horn as long as I possibly can is, is open communication. Talk to your partner, like talk about, I, I read this really great um, article the other day that was actually about, um, about people going outside their relationships to meet needs, whether it's physical or emotional. And usually those things are tied together, but it was about having the article talked about having actual agreements with your partner of what constitutes what constitutes acceptable behavior with with any person outside of the relationship and really being open and and direct about asking those questions and 
talking about your own insecurities and feelings and stuff like that, because if you don't talk about those things, they're just going to build up and then you tend to blow things up in your mind a lot more when talking can kind of puncture that a little bit. So we tend to build up this idea of other so often. And I think that that the it's really good to just be open with your partner and say, like, I'm trying to I'm trying to be okay with this. I really want to understand more. Can you tell me a little bit more about this? Or I'm having this insecurity. Can we talk through this? What can we do to make to make this work together? Beautiful. That's that's fantastic advice. And I think, like you said, the communication is really important and, and making a, a safe space for both of you to feel comfortable. And I really loved what you tweeted earlier today. Uh, you said, if you know by people, try to establish yourself as a safe person for them. How can we do that? Um, there are a lot of a lot of ways to do that. Um, I actually this this a few months ago, I had this experience where I was at a party and we were playing drinking games and stuff. And so um, it like some stuff about my own history, like came, came out in the drinking games, which was fine. Like no one was forcing me to talk about it, but someone at the party started like questioning my identity and asking, like basically insinuating that I wasn't experienced enough with women to be bi. And, and I was trying to be like, well, before you had sex with anyone where did you have an orientation like <laughs> right people, you can be sexually attracted to someone without having sex with them um and still know you're attracted to them and a friend of mine kind of jumped in and was just like well sexuality isn't isn't demonstrative and I think that that like for me that was a really powerful moment in our friendship because that was something that established him as a safe person because I was like, okay, so you understand this part of me that's really important. It's part of my identity. So I think being aware of, of sexuality in general, what it means, like what the difference is between um, identity and expression, whether it's gender or sexuality and all of these different things is, is a big thing you can do. And everyone knows by people We're we're everywhere. Um, <laughs> like, also being mindful of the language that we use and how how our culture sexualizes by people or how it erases us I, like i freddie mercury is someone who is self-identified to his best friend the love of his life mary austin as bisexual when he came out to her he came out to her as bisexual and it struck me when i read about that that she told him she thought he was gay instead but that was how he self-identified and he had had a long fulfilling relationship with her. Wow. And I like that really struck me is just how often we're like, Oh, especially for men, if men are attracted to men, we just label them as gay no matter what. And I like, I know very few out by men. I know way more women who are out and I think it's, safer in a way but opens up a lot of other things like sexualization and fetishization of us um because that ties into the whole like male gaze thing two women together are hot but men liking other men is eh. um but i think that in terms of establishing yourself as a safe space for people is believing us if we tell you we're bi believe us and and accept that we understand our own identity don't accept don't um expect us to this is just one step on the, the road to to being quote unquote, fully gay, or that it's just experimenting or that it isn't what we say it is. Um, and I think that just being 
willing to listen and accept what we have to say about our own identity is one of the biggest things that you can do to be an ally. Beautiful. I love that so much. Uh, how has you mentioned that you feel freer now, um, having really embraced this, this important part of yourself? Could you speak about that a little bit more? What is it like? So, so say somebody else is, um, considering coming out as bisexual. What kind of rewards, um, can they expect? Um, for me, it was, I don't know, it kind of felt like I'd had this restrictive piece of clothing on for a very long time and had just figured out how to take it off and was like, oh, this is how, okay, this is how I'm supposed to feel. <laughs> this is much better than it was before. And I didn't realize it because I was so used to it. So just that sense of it's out there, like any secret, once it's out there, it feels better. And um, it's something that for me just getting to also to, to date women. And, and there's this weird sense of validation that is kind of externally applied of like, you're not really that idea that you're not really bi until you've done X, Y, Z with someone else. Um, but just kind of allowing myself to feel my, what I felt and had some amazing dates with women and was able to, to, for the first time, actually do that. And that was an awesome really awesome experience of meeting new people and, and kind of learning like just like and, and really learning like just because you're attracted to women and men both or and like all sexual identities doesn't mean that you're going to be attracted to every single person you meet. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I had some really awesome dates. I also had some that were good, but not something that I wanted to, you know, go on a second date with. Like there have been plenty of times in my life where I went on a date with a man and it was fine, but nothing like oh, I must see you again. So, you know, just kind of getting to almost grow up again in the sense of those new experiences and, and feeling that kind of like, oh my goodness, this is a new thing um, all over again was really cool and exciting. I love that grow up again. That That is beautiful. I, I think that's really uh, an empowering message and an empowering feeling and very inspiring to all of us, no matter how we identify. And what's so interesting to me is so often whenever we have all these myths and stereotypes and fear really, you know, swirling around at the root of it is it comes down to we're not as dissimilar as people think, you know, there's just this fear and ignorance. And yeah. uh, so it's it's really important to have these conversations. I would actually love to hear your uh, what you think of this um, post of a, from a friend of mine, um, Susan Harper. She is an anthropologist, activist and educator in Texas. She's amazing. And I'm going to be having her on the show and working with me on some some upcoming projects. Uh, very excited about those. And she shared this today in honor of um, the bi week. She said, I am a lesbian identified bisexual woman. This means I have taken the label lesbian for political reasons, largely feminist in nature, because I have found that I am most likely to find the constellation of values, personal traits, and political convictions that I find attractive in another woman. My adoption of the label lesbian identified does not negate my bisexuality. I find myself attracted to people of all genders. I have had relationships with men in the past and do not consider those relationships to be, quote, mistakes, or if I do, it's not because of the person's gender, nor do I consider my long period of dating men exclusively to have been a, quote, phase before I discovered my, quote, true self. I know there are people who do understand their lives in such ways. I'm not, I'm just not one of them. I thought that was really profound and 
really brought up some good points about how we identify and why. And it brought up another myth, uh, the whole idea. And it seems to me, and, and you would know much better, Emmy, but I feel like, especially for women, there's like this idea that, oh, women will be will be uh, bisexual or will be come lesbians in college for a little while. Uh, have you have you found that to be a common myth, uh, particularly with women? Yeah. And I think I think um, it's kind of chalked up to being an experiment. And um, and I, I love what she said, because that really I mean, that's like I said, like I identify mostly as as bisexual to people just because it's easier for them to understand. And um, for for me, like what I put out there is is just part of who I actually am. And so I think that um, when it comes to like those myths of like, oh, women will go go gay in college a little bit and experiment. And I think that um, it's a really pervasive thing of that expectation that it's just playing around. And I think that because they're still, I mean, even in, even in our country that has just passed marriage equality, I think that there's still so much rampant homophobia that, that it, it really keeps a lot of people in the closet still, especially bisexual people. Um, just because it's, it's scary when you're afraid of getting hit from every direction if you do come out and oh, not sure oh, yeah. not sure if you have a welcoming space because I think that I think that it can be difficult in in queer spaces to be non-binary in any way um, and find a place where where you feel safe um, without having your identity called into question or or being like oh well if you end up marrying a guy you're straight like I have a lot of bi friends who are married to men um, and and a lot of them won't speak out at all because they're afraid they won't be taken seriously. And it's just like, if I were to end up marrying a woman, that wouldn't negate, you know, that wouldn't make me anything other than who I am. And so I think that, again, I kind of feel like language lacks for a lot of these descriptions is because that we, people, we really like to categorize other people. We want to put them in a little tidy box where we can understand them. And it's never that simple. <laughs> people yeah. are yeah. dynamic, evolving creatures all the time. And it's, it, it's, I think labels can be useful in terms of, of finding a, an early common ground or a difference or something like that, that you can talk about, but also they're, they can be really limiting. And I think it's really important that we widen the conversation and allow people to exist as, as whole people. Um, and while, you know, some women might just quote unquote experiment, it also could be because they're experiencing an attraction and they follow it. And that to me says they are attracted. Kinsey's scale is really well known. I mean, that very few people would be at any, at either extreme and most of us are somewhere in the middle. Um, so, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense with that, but we just don't have, we don't have, like, we don't have sexuality meters on us that are like, <laughs> yeah. I'm smack in the middle of this, or I'm like 60% this and 40% that, or whatever, right, right. you know? So, um, I think that just widening the kind of linguistic capabilities, and also, I, one thing I wanted to say, too, I just, I, I don't speak for every bi person. Everyone's example, or everyone's experience is going to be 
widely different because we're all individuals and variables are always going to change no matter who we are. So, you know, I hope that, but I just, I hope that any people listening to me who haven't explored that part of themselves or who are older, I was older when I came out. Some people know super early on, like label it, know it, go with it. That wasn't me. It took a lot of self-exploration and admitting things that I had really hidden away a lot and everyone's experience is different. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really, really good point. Um, And I think, you know, everyone also comes out so differently, like you said, um, and you're you're speaking out beautifully and openly and giving so many people courage. uh, And not everybody is going to have that same sense of wanting to speak out. And that's okay too. You know, it's it's however we feel most comfortable. And uh, and like you said, not not feeling like we need to judge everybody. That is so, so important. Uh, Do you think that your experience as uh, a bisexual, both before you recognized it about yourself and kind of moving forward has been or will influence your writing at all? Um, yeah, I definitely think it has. I have written by characters. There's really not a lot of queer representation in general in, in mainstream publishing and in, in anything, really. I mean, we're that we're just not particularly widely represented, but I wanted to write characters like me so that someone like me might read it and and feel more okay with themselves or feel like they have a mirror for once. And it can be a really, a really difficult thing to, to constantly read things and have people not be you. And so I wanted to, to start exploring that a little bit more. And actually I, um, I have, a series right now where my my main character is bisexual and and that's been really exciting to explore and i'm hoping that people in, embrace her as she is as a person and as a character because it's obviously something that means a lot to me and i hope that it means a lot to someone else reading it beautiful, beautiful. which series is that that's the ayala storm series awesome. so yeah so great. So great. And tell us what's coming up next for you um, as far as your career goes. Um, well, the first immediate thing is Baltimore Book Fest is this weekend. If you happen to be in the Baltimore area, it's a free festival. I'll be at the Sifwa tent all weekend on panels, um, doing a signing on Saturday at noon. Um, and the whole schedule is up easily findable online. Um, the, for me in the fall, I've got a lot of conventions. I'm going to World Fantasy as well, which is going to be fantastic. Um, and then from there, I've just been kind of crossing all my fingers about some other projects that are in the pipeline that I unfortunately can't talk about yet. But um, yeah, just always writing. I'm, I've written, <laughs> I've written one and a half books in the last few months. So I've been very, very busy. I'm working from home now and just doing this full time. So I've, I've been keeping myself occupied. That's for sure. <laughs> that is so great. That is so great. And I love your website and you have a blog and you're active on Twitter. Could you just um, give us a couple of links where we can learn more about you and kind of stay in the pulse of things? Awesome. So I have um, my website is emmymirrors.com and um, I have a newsletter there. If you click on any of the links outside of the homepage, it should pop up in the corner if you are interested in signing up for my newsletter. I don't spam people. I send out maybe one thing a month. And usually forget to send things importantly. So you don't have to worry about me sending you stuff every day. Um, on Twitter, I'm just at Emmy Mears. On Facebook, also Emmy Mears. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm also on Instagram if you like cats and food. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yay. And we do. Thank you so, so much for joining me. It was such a blast. And uh, we are cheering for you and all of your wonderful uh, work coming up. 
Thank you so much for having me, August. I really appreciate it. Just love Emmy. She's so fantastic. Again, to learn more about her, visit emmymears.com. That's E-M-M-I-E. M-E-A-R-S.com and definitely check out her books. For more from Dr. Megan Fleming, visit her website, greatlifegreatsex.com and follow her on Twitter at Megan Fleming PhD. If you have sex or relationship questions, we would love to hear them. All of the questions I answer here are real. I also answer some questions on uh, the Good Men Project in my column every week. So drop me a note. You can find me um, through my website, augustmclaughlin.com or social media. To easily find these links and a lot more about the show, go to the show notes for today, which are at augustmclaughlin.com. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. And if you're enjoying what you hear, I hope you'll leave a simple review. Uh, to support Girl Boner and land some awesome intimacy products, like awesome, 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 shop at Good Vibrations by clicking the ad on my website. They have wonderful sex toys. They've got lube. They have organic products, all kinds of great stuff. They are also a fabulous resource for uh, sexuality information, a super awesome organization. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.